Do you want to set your child up for success? Is tutoring out of your budget, or perhaps you're someone like me who just wants to save money on private tutoring? Is this a big school year for your child? You know, maybe they're starting kindergarten or middle school. Maybe there's another milestone coming up. Or maybe your family moved. Oh my gosh, I moved so much when I was growing up. And the kids are starting a new school. Or maybe your child is ahead and just not getting challenged enough in class. Well, IXL Learning is here to help. IXL Learning is a fun online learning program for kids covering math, language, arts, science, and social studies. It's powered by advanced algorithms. IXL gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age or the personality. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. That's right. It is school approved. So make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And how to be fine listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash fine. Visit IXL.com slash fine to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Again, that's IXL.com slash fine. Human nature can get a little messy, but nature nature is powerful enough to save us from ourselves. Seventh-generation laundry detergent lifts away tough stains with a 97% bio-based formula. For when you think whipping up yellow curry chicken in white pants is a great idea, totally not speaking from experience. Let nature do its thing so you can feel confident doing yours. That's the power of seventh generation. Find seventh generation laundry detergent in fresh lavender and other scents at seventhgeneration.com. Hello and welcome to How to Be Fine. I'm Kristen Meinzer. And I'm Jalenta Greenberg. And today we're here with a feedback episode. Yes, we are. Every third week, <laughs> we'll be sharing some of the stories that you, our dear listeners, have shared with us about the topics we've most recently covered on the show. Because a lot of you write in and a lot of you have perspectives that could shed a more nuanced light on the wellness world. Today's topics are life coaches and the all-beef diet. All of you also have some great advice to share with our letter writers. Shall we dive in, Jolenta? Yes, yes, yes. Let's do it. And let's start things off with life coaches. This was a hot topic in our debut episode of How to Be Fine. Hundreds of you wrote in about life coaches. And we're going to kick things off by hearing from some of you who actually work in the business. Yes. Anna says, as a life coach, I enjoyed your episode on the industry, but I do wish you'd mentioned the International Coaching Federation. For the past 25 plus years, the ICF has worked to establish a more rigorous certification process and code of ethics for coaches. These include a minimum of 60 hours of training and 100 hours of coaching experience. That being said, the ICF's standards are far from universal, accepted, or enforced, and I suppose that was the point you were making in your show. With literally hundreds of coaching schools offering their own certification programs, some of which are quite good, some not, it's hard for the average layperson to know who to trust. Yeah, it's it's definitely a bit of a confusing marketplace as a layperson. Yeah, absolutely. And Anna, truth be told... 
you weren't the only one who wrote in saying, but you didn't mention the Cleveland school, but you didn't mention the blank. You didn't mention the such and such. Yeah. Uh, the reason we included your letter, though, is because you were one of, I think, four people who wrote in to mention the ICF. But yes, you weren't the only one to write in to mention an organization that's trying to create standards. Right. Let's move on to a bit of a different take from Joan, who says... I have to say, I'm really disappointed in the episode on life coaches. As someone who is licensed and went through a year of training to become a personal and executive coach, I'm hurt that you boiled us all down to influencers trying to make a buck, cult leaders, and Ponzi schemers. You said you did research, but it seems you only researched by streaming salacious documentaries and reading news stories about these over-the-top scenarios. Also, I take issue with your implication that regulation would make life coaching free of issues. Even regulated industries have problems. Well, that's very true. Definitely some problems in many regulated (laughs) industries, perhaps all of them. And, you know, like just because therapists go through way more training doesn't mean there aren't like unethical ones or ones that are sort of skirting past the regulations. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, regulation doesn't fix everything, but I will say this about regulation. It does usually mean that there is a legal path for recourse should abuses be happening. And I think that's something that Jolenta, you and I were talking about in that episode was how all of this wild West world of quote unquote life coaching, because some of it seems more legitimate than others. Mm -hmm. um, When there's not regulation, it's really hard to necessarily say, oh, you broke a code of ethics here or you did this. Yes. Seek damages. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And it's like we're not saying all life coaches are cult leaders or like running a Ponzi scheme, but it's easier to do that as a life coach than, say, a licensed physician. Usually. Usually. Yes. Not saying they don't do it. (laughs) Speaking of regulation, Carrie says, I have many issues with people who share my job title. And yet the regulating bodies that are held as the gold standard are ones I have no interest in going through. I think they've missed the mark on actually helping people in the interest of money. So while I would love to see certain people in my industry not treating clients because I think they're being harmful, I also probably wouldn't trust a more mainstream central regulation body being over us. Yeah, a lot of people wrote in agreeing with Carrie because, like, who are the regulators? How do they regulate? What is being looked into? That has to be sort of a trustworthy entity in itself, and it's hard to sort of form that. Yeah, sometimes authority figures aren't to be trusted. I'm not necessarily mentioning any government bodies here. I'm not mentioning (laughs) certain industries that have harmed people, but maybe sometimes overseeing bodies aren't the be-all, end-all. Yeah. What? Here's a letter I really liked from a life coach that has an interesting point of view. This letter writer says, I'm a life coach. I hold multiple certifications, and I agree with pretty much every word you said on your podcast. In fact, I used to work for a very well-known coach as the head of her coaching department, and the amount of abuse and gaslighting that happened within the company, and I assume continues to happen, because she weaponizes the coaching tools against her employees is disgusting, literally traumatizing. Like other coaches and I have worked with trauma specialists to overcome our experiences. I'm still a coach and run a successful coaching practice of my own now. I believe in the work and understand that just like in any industry, there are monsters and there's shady shit that happens. But considering how closely related coaching is to therapy, bad coaches can do real damage. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that. You know, if I Mm -hmm. get 
somebody who is not regulated in, let's say, the home improvement industry and they paint my wall badly, it doesn't give me the same damage as somebody who is acting with my mental health or well-being. So, right. yeah, th- there can be real damage that's done. Absolutely. That kind of stuff. Yeah. When it comes to helping people through emotional, like very weighty issues, you're definitely flirting with trauma or the possibility of traumatizing or being traumatized. So, yeah. yeah. And anybody who's framing themselves as an authority, whether it's your boss at this job that you had or it's somebody who says, I'm an expert and can help you, when the so-called experts use that power to do things that are unethical, it can be hard as the patient or the client to know, can I question this? How do Mm -hmm. I look at the situation? The authority said that I should be doing this. Is the authority gaslighting me or am I gaslighting myself? You know, it's tough. Yeah. Now, Jolenta, should we hear from some folks on the other side of the industry? Uh, Yes, please. All right. Heather has this to say. In my area, the life coaching thing is not a good situation and is quite a bit more iffy than Kristen and Jolenta made it seem in this episode. If someone in my area is calling themselves a life coach, they likely either lost their therapy licensing over something pretty egregious or they have a high school degree and are trying to get a side hustle to pay for kids' activities. The only situation in my area where I have seen the life coaching thing work out okay was if someone is a licensed therapist in one state but not licensed in a neighboring one, and so they are a coach in the surrounding states. That still is just basically skating around the rules, though. I wish it was a better regulated industry. Yeah, and Brittany wrote in, there is definite truth to what Kristen and Jolenta were saying in this episode about the life coaching teaching racket. I get a lot of ads on Facebook urging me to enroll in classes to become a life coach, but I've never seen a single ad for actually hiring a life coach. I have even gotten ads about creating my own classes to teach people how to be a life coach. Oh, Brittany, we've all seen these ads. Oh, wow. It's terrible. Wow, wow, wow. Wow, wow. <laughs> it's, it's almost impossible to actually go onto the internet without being pushed these kinds of ads, at least for me. <laughs> I was going to say, I was jealous of the people on our Facebook group who are like, I never get ads for this. And I'm like, I don't know if it's our line of work. And having done by the book for years makes us just like easy, easy targets for like mailing lists or something. But I, I think am we're called jealous. marks. We're easy marks. We are marks. That's <laughs> it. Especially me. You're right. <laughs> but yeah, Brittany, we're there with you. We get these same ads all the time. <laughs> but then there's also Amanda. Yes, yes. Amanda has this to say. I've worked with several coaches who've helped me tremendously, and I've never had one push life coach classes on me. But I do have friends that have and who actually did get quote-unquote certified, and I was starting to get suspicious of how often I was seeing that happen. As Jolenta said, MLMs tend to work their way into any successful thing. I really hope they don't ruin the coaching industry. Yeah, it's a fine line. I think coaches that are really geared towards specific areas like career, finance, those things are harder to quickly turn into sort of an MLM racket as opposed to sort of general, like, I'll tell you how to just live your life and feel better coaching. Yeah. And Alice is a good example of that. Alice wrote in to say, I went to a life coach because I wanted to move cities and couldn't find a job. So I felt stuck. I'm so glad I chose a coach because it was all very action based. She would ask me the right questions until I had set tasks for the week and felt willing to do them, even though they were uncomfortable. She helped me a lot with uncertainty. And after four sessions, I got an interview, which she helped me prepare for. 
There's a chance I would have done it without her, but I definitely gave her a lot of credit for helping me get that job. And I felt like if I hadn't got it, I would have been okay because I had her to work it through with anyway. Kim also had a great experience with a life coach. Kim says, I have a coach who compliments advice and help from my therapist. They are very different. Coaching is fun and very helpful. That reminds me of fantastic HR coaching I've had at work over the years. She provides questions and challenges me in different ways and shares insights and gives practical tips for a broad range of things I struggle with. She doesn't consider herself a mental health counselor, though, and recommends formal therapy when needed, which is what qualified coaches should do. Ding, ding, ding. Kim, that sounds like a beautiful scenario and like the sort of ideal coaching relationship. Yeah, absolutely. They're not framing themselves as something they're not, and they work in collaboration with somebody who can do those other things for you. Right, right. And if all life coaches were doing that, oh, that would be so much better, wouldn't it? (laughs) It would. All right. We are going to take a quick, quick break. But reminder, you can always share your stories and experiences with us at kristenandjolenta at gmail.com or at our Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash kristenandjolenta. Coming up, we chew on some of the feedback you gave us on the all-beef diet. Stay with us. (laughs) Boo! (laughs) Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Human nature can get a little messy, but nature nature is powerful enough to save us from ourselves. 7th Generation Laundry Detergent lifts away tough stains with a 97% bio-based formula. For when you think whipping up yellow curry chicken in white pants is a great idea. Totally not speaking from experience. Let nature do its thing so you can feel confident doing yours. That's the power of 7th Generation. Find 7th Generation Laundry Detergent in fresh lavender and other scents at 7thGeneration.com. This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun, and that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. We are back. And now, Jolenta, it's time to talk about the all-beef diet. Let's moo it. I mean, uh, do it. Ah! <laughs> that was just for you. Ba-dum-bum. Okay, okay. 
I have to stop. Um, a lot of you wrote in about the all beef diet. Uh, a lot of you have friends who have tried it, which is super interesting to me. Jess wrote in to say, I have a friend who ate only beef and it did make her autoimmune skin condition go away, but she didn't find it sustainable. As for me, I've also made dietary changes for health reasons. In my case, there is not good research to explain why I react poorly to particular foods, so I'm careful about making assumptions about other people's choices. Luckily, I have enough foods left to be able to have a healthy and diverse diet, so I don't have to make difficult choices about trading one health problem for another. My smart doctor said to me when I told him what diet was working for me, we just don't know enough to be able to explain it. That doesn't mean what you're experiencing isn't real. Yeah. I mean, one thing I think we've talked about many, many, many times over the years is that what works for one person doesn't necessarily work for another. And in a lot of cases, there just aren't universals, you know? Yeah. What's randomly causing inflammation in one person is definitely not in the other. And it's yeah. hard to generalize and be like, but I'll be for everyone is the healthiest. <laughs> yes. Yes. Now, Jess isn't the only one who's found success with restrictive diets. Aaron says, I lowered my carbs to avoid type 2 diabetes. My dad died at 59 from heart failure, and before that, he was blind with diabetes-related vision issues. Fortunately, reducing sugar and grains helped my numbers. That being said, a lot of the no-sugar, no-grain community I used to interact with had extremely unhealthy relationships to food even before they went low-carb. Sometimes restrictive diets can just be an outlet for disordered eating. Yeah, orthorexia in many cases. Uh, right. I'm going to create certain rules around my macros or my vitamins or my fibers or I won't eat this and I won't eat that. I'll only eat this or I'll only eat at you know, this time of day. When the rules start becoming quite restrictive, it usually is some form of disordered eating, oftentimes right. orthorexia, sometimes other issues. Yeah. And a lot of you wrote in about that crossover between restrictive eating and disordered eating. Leslie wrote in to say, I really appreciated Jolenta's compassionate approach to Michaela Peterson's promotion of the all beef diet. My mom has an autoimmune disease and orthorexia. She is very skeptical of all things medical and launched into an elimination diet about five years ago that has been incredibly disruptive to not just her life, but my dad and everyone else in the family and has frankly made it hard to have a relationship with her. It's hard to be empathetic when there's absolutely no research to support her decision and it it appears to just be her latest form of disordered eating. Anyway, it was helpful to think about why some people get into these scary, unhealthy diets, and it makes me want to be more compassionate. Oh, Jolenta, that, that's, so that's nice. something you helped a lot of people with. She wasn't the only person to write in to say, thanks, Jolenta, for offering your perspective here, for, for shedding light on the idea that maybe some people who are feeling desperate will do desperate things. And oh, yeah. It, it's good to hear from somebody who is going through it themselves. But other listeners do just want to put a finer point on the fact that disordered eating and food elimination can have a real connection. Amanda says, if someone eliminates food to lose weight, that is disordered eating. There are no caveats or exceptions. Many people will vocalize that it's for health when they're really doing it to lose weight. This is still disordered eating. Wanting to lose weight is the result of diet culture and anti-fat bias. It usually results in dieting, which is usually disordered eating, which is detrimental to health. It's not slippery. It's a fact. The size and shape of a person's body are not indicators of health. A person's worth has absolutely nothing to do with the size and shape of their body. They exist, so they are worthy. 
Very well put, Amanda. Yeah, I agree. Like, I I know I talked about in the episode about how I went on a diet to lose weight for my wedding, but that diet made me, like, faint and, like, start to lose hair. Like, it was disordered eating. I was restricting my intake solely for vanity purposes, and it was, like, making me unhealthy. Yeah. It's, It's not a good thing to promote, usually. No, no. And and I don't feel like you ever do, Jolenta. Anytime you talk about that wedding diet you went on, I think you're always very clear, like, this was a bad idea. It was terrible. Mm-hmm. It also made me, like, have, like, the worst shits of my life. Like, <gasps> it just wasn't good. That sucks, because good shits are really <laughs> yeah. good. No, they are. And to just have bad shits for, like, a year, Ugh. not worth it. <laughs> that alone, not worth it. Sorry to get into the shit. <laughs> Um, Let's move on, because I really liked this letter we got from Margaret, who has lived through a lot of eating trends and puts a nice sort of bow on the topic. Margaret says, when I came of age, vegetarianism was the thing. Now it's not, depending on what circles you run in or social media you consume, I guess. And then slightly later, going fat free was the thing. And then it was carbs. And it will go on and on, much like me in this post. Now, though, I have no idea what's healthy or not beyond basics like, for example, living on candy and cupcakes is probably not good and drinking lots of water and making sure you eat vegetables will yield better digestion or such is the case in my experience anyway. I also think the concept of health is and always will be hijacked by capitalism to be sold to us. It seems like what actually works and what doesn't is trial and error. Yes, Margaret. I love that. That is such Mm -hmm. a balanced viewpoint, such a great perspective looking back on decades and decades of eating trends. I've lived through a lot of these eating trends. I grew up during the low-fat, high-carb thing myself. and We've turned the food pyramid (laughs) literally upside down. (laughs) It is, yeah, it just changes every few years what we're supposed to do, what we're not supposed to do. I remember at one point there was like, stop drinking so many liquids, and then, you know, the drink 20 glasses of water a day thing. I just remember always, like, yeah. pasta's good for you. Eat more. <laughs> uh, it's always something, right? Yeah. Yeah. Let's take a quick break and reminisce about the good old days when, like, pizza was on the bottom of the food pyramid. <laughs> but when we come back, you all have some great ideas for our advice seekers. Human nature can get a little messy, but nature nature is powerful enough to save us from ourselves. Seventh generation laundry detergent lifts away tough stains with a 97% bio-based formula. For when you think whipping up yellow curry chicken in white pants is a great idea, totally not speaking from experience. Let nature do its thing so you can feel confident doing yours. That's the power of seventh generation. Find seventh generation laundry detergent in fresh lavender and other scents at seventhgeneration.com. This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun, and that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. (laughs) 
All right. We are back. And now we have some additional advice from our listeners to some of our recent letter writers. Yes. To our 35-year-old advice seeker who feels she's running out of time but also doesn't think she can chase love, Krista says, just like Kristen, I was a dating fiend. Four dates a day? Yes. (laughs) Sign up for all the apps? Yes. I dated on and off hardcore for close to 10 years. Every time I felt like giving up, my friends kept telling me, play the numbers game, and it worked. It wasn't immediate for me like it was for others, but dating was so fun. I learned new things, met new people, and really enjoyed those years while looking. I also learned to love being single and spent the time dating myself and doing what I wanted Mm. before I found a partner and would need to compromise certain things with another person. Dating yourself and doing what you want, so important underrated, I think. Oh, absolutely. And yes, playing the numbers game is important. I keep trying to tell my mom this because she's like, I think I'll just meet the perfect person by chance. And I'm like, you know how hard it is to just meet any person by chance, (laughs) let alone a perfect one? Like, girl, you got to be spreading a net. Like, get on Bumble, reeling in. Yes, yes, yes. And waiting for life to happen, it usually doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, chase your dreams. Chase, mm-hmm. chase that man or those men or women or non-binary or, people. Chase them. Not, yeah, yeah, anyone. Yeah. Chase all the people. Chase the people. That you want to chase. Yes, yes. And hopefully they want to be chased. Yeah, yeah. No stalking. <laughs> no, no. None of that. <laughs> Before we get too far down this rabbit hole, let's move to our next letter from Catherine, who says... I thought the advice to the 35-year-old about dating was spot on, and similarly, the advice about not comparing your insides to others' outsides. But Kristen and Jolenta didn't talk about the reality that if this is a person with ovaries who wants to have a baby with their own eggs, their baby clock really is ticking, and it sucks. While many people have healthy babies into their 40s naturally, the science sadly shows that our egg quality declines with each year over 35, and it gets harder and harder to get pregnant. I wish my partner and I had taken this more seriously. We started trying for a baby when I was 37, and it took four and a half years of struggle and heartbreak and over $100,000 to get pregnant, and it damn near didn't happen at all. Listener, if you are my friend, I'd want to commiserate with you about how unfair it is that we have this pressure when it comes to babies. I'd want to reassure you that there are many paths to parenthood that don't depend on the age of your ovaries, including step-parenthood, fostering, adoption, egg freezing, embryo adoption, and more. And of course, that parenthood itself is entirely optional. I want to let you know that you don't need to figure out the partner and career part first if a biological child is something you really want soon. If it is, do not simply assume you can kick this can down the road and get pregnant with ease at 40. Yeah, I think all of these are really, really good points. And declining egg quality is real. Unfortunately, even though at age 35, we're still so young in so many ways, so vibrant. So vibrant. So full of life and untapped potential. Yes. Our, our eggs are kind of like entering the geriatric era. I think they call it geriatric yeah, yeah. pregnancy in the yeah, OBGYN world. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's unfortunate. And um, I think Catherine makes some excellent points there. Right. Right. And it's something that can be a bummer that we definitely overlooked. Not fair. Come on, ovaries. No. Come on, ovaries. Bullshit. <laughs> 
Rachel also has some advice for our 35-year-old. Rachel says, I'm single and I have a friend who got married in the last few years. We're both middle-aged. As we talked about life last year, it relieved each of us to hear the struggles of each position. She was yearning for the days when she was free to make life decisions without someone else's input. I was fretting about growing old alone. They are simply different sides of the fence that each have their comforts and their pains. Go after the life you want, but know there are still going to be growing pains when you get there. Yeah, that's always true. I always forget about that grass is always greener shit. <laughs> yes. I always forget there are people who are like, I wish I uh, didn't have this many obligations and could, you know, live live for my own desires. And then there are people who are like, I wish I had more obligations and like could take care of someone else's desires. Like, I want that. Yeah. It's also something that can change a lot in life, too. What we might want at this age, we might not want at a different age. Yep. Some people you think might be your forever person, like hmm, after a decade or so may not be. And thank goodness for that. <laughs> yeah. I'm saying My that parents as somebody are living proof. Yeah, I am saying that as somebody who did at one point spend a long time with somebody who I'm glad I'm not with now. <laughs> yeah. Not yes. Dean. Dean's and still I'm in the picture, everyone. Don't worry. <laughs> no, we love him. America's favorite husband still still stands. <laughs> uh, shall we move on? To yes. this bit of advice that Machu wrote in for our person who's feeling neglected by their friends. Right. I loved this. Machu wrote in to say, as someone with only a small family far away, friends are central to my village. To maintain my friendships, I do a few things. First, I remind myself that while I put in more effort than some people, some friends put in more effort than I do. Second, with friends who've moved away, I try and keep up a sporadic text relationship with them. Third, I try not to say I'm available whenever, as I've found that makes it easy for others not to prioritize me. Instead, I start with what works best for me and add that I can be flexible. Fourth, I make a conscious decision about whether I'm going to continue to put in more effort for the relationship or not, while remembering that everyone has busy seasons in their lives. Friendships are so precious, but also so hard. Oh, Machu, this is such good advice. Such good advice. Yeah, such a great sense of perspective you have, but then also those concrete tips. Keep that text conversation going. Talk about when mm -hmm. you're available. Don't just say— I love that yeah, one. I think that one in particular really jumps out at me. Yeah, I, I tend to be yeah. that. I'm available whenever person also, and— you know what? It's just easy to sort of forget that when it's like, oh, available whenever. We don't need to like prioritize like nailing down a time or a place. And it's like, if you're just like, these two days are great if you want to hang out, then people are like, yeah, let's make one of these two days work. Yeah. If, if you're available anytime, then maybe you're available no time because it's never going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> and also taking time to sort of evaluate relationships and think about like, hey, I know I put in more effort than they do, but like, Am I okay with that? And like either making peace with it or like dealing with it. Yeah. All great stuff, Machu. Mm -hmm. Let's also hear from somebody who has some great advice for our letter writer who wants to live more in the seasons. I love this bit of advice from Carolyn. Carolyn says, to the letter writer who wants to live in the seasons, if they crochet, a temperature blanket could be fun. Every day you pick a color to represent a temperature range, and as the year progresses, you see the shift over time. It can also be weather events or anything else. I've seen examples of these on TikTok. They're so cool. You have like a different color for like 
every 10 degrees and then whatever temperature it is, you just do one row of that color. And then at the end of the year, you have a blanket that has this cool gradient of colors for the weather. And it helps you really stay present every day being like, what's it like right now? Yeah. And and it's a beautiful memento then that you can take out when right. the weather gets colder and maybe remember those days of crocheting, remember those cold days, those warm days and so on. And there are lots of other like craft recommendations we got. Like I know people who embroider do like one little symbol per day in a in one large embroidery hoop. And then at the end of the year, they have all these little like embroidered collage or just people who have like a decoration out like a toy horse that they like change its little outfit depending on the seasons or something. Yeah. A, lo- a lot of people wrote in with that advice. Yeah. Have that one yeah, the decor. sculpture that you just change the outfit on with the seasons, which I think is fantastic. Love that. Love that. Very cute. <laughs> Well, thank you, everybody, who wrote in with your stories and advice this episode. We so appreciate it. And that's it for this episode of How to Be Fine. Huge thank you to our production team at Stitcher, our executive producer, Nora Ritchie, our producer, Chantel Holder, our editor, Gianna Palmer, and our composer slash engineer, Casey Holford. If you haven't already, please rate and review us in your pod player and tell a friend about the show. We love friends. We will nurture your friends. We'll take care of your friends. We won't ignore your friends. It's true. Until next time, I'm Jelanta Greenberg. And I'm Kristen Meinzer. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Until then, be fine. I've got a beef with your sense of humor, Jolenta. Oh, no. Okay, we have to move on. We could be doing cow puns until the cows come home. Oh, don't have a cow. (laughs) Stitcher. Human nature can get a little messy, but nature nature is powerful enough to save us from ourselves. Seventh generation laundry detergent lifts away tough stains with a 97% bio-based formula. For when you think whipping up yellow curry chicken in white pants is a great idea, totally not speaking from experience. Let nature do its thing so you can feel confident doing yours. That's the power of 7th Generation. Find 7th Generation laundry detergent and fresh lavender and other scents at 7thGeneration.com. This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun, and that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com.